so we're going to jump in. We've got a lot to cover. Um, this month has been titled Always Give Thanks. That's what we've been going over, fitting with Thanksgiving coming up. And last uh, two weeks ago, Pastor Peter spoke on the two thieves on either side of Jesus, about how one understood gratitude and honor and the other clearly didn't. And um, it was a fantastic teaching, so go listen to it. Pastor Aslan last week spoke about always being thankful, how we don't have to be thankful for the circumstance, but we're called to be thankful in the circumstance that we're in. Today, we're going to be looking at the evidence of being thankful, the benefits of it, and some of the practicals, how we do this thing. How can we live a lifestyle of thanksgiving? That's what today is called, lifestyle of thanksgiving. And, and that just means it's, it's an act of giving things. It's an expression of gratitude, especially towards God. So, Let's start by looking at this verse. It pretty well sums up everything we're going to be going over today. Philippians 4, 6-7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That verse is great, and it sounds good, and we know we should do it. But in all honesty, it's hard to do. And we're up here talking to you as we are currently in the middle of hardships. And I find that the Lord likes to speak very loudly with people who are walking through hardships and still say, the Lord is good. The Lord is doing something in my life. So right now, this has been literally the most tough year of our life. And we're still walking through hardship. I was diagnosed with breast cancer just this early August, the beginning of August. And then I had a surgery, an eight-hour surgery, August 31st. When I found out I had cancer, I remember sitting in the doctor's office and just my whole heart sank. I remember going in full of joy and hope and faith. And I had tests done, but I was like, I don't have that. I don't have that. And then when I heard the news, it's like all of a sudden my world stopped. And I'm like, what does this mean? I remember thinking, I have three boys. What does this mean for them? What is this going to do to my sons? And I remember in that moment that God started working. And he was telling me, it's going to be okay. I didn't even know what the outcome was yet. I just knew that the news I heard was not what I wanted to hear. And yet God already started moving. And from that point forward, we have had multiple reasons to give thanks to God. It wasn't, oh, now that I have this terrible diagnosis, I'm walking through hardship after hardship after hardship. Yes, there are very hard things that we are continuing to walk through. But God gave us so many opportunities to live a lifestyle of thanksgiving in hardship. And I was amazed at how many times he allowed thankfulness to just overflow out of us because of everyone else around us and his power in our lives. Yeah, this season's really, um, it's made us realize what a blessing hardship can be. Um, it's helped us really focus in on what's important and how to be thankful for everything that we have, every person, every moment, and even every material thing that we have. 
C.S. Lewis has this incredible quote. It's, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our consciences, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. We have found that to be insanely true. So as believers, it's important that we make Thanksgiving a lifestyle. Just as the Lord was starting to teach me, hope you need to make it a lifestyle in your hardship. You need to choose to be thankful. You need to see what he has done, what he is doing, and what he will do. Because he doesn't stop just because hardship comes to your house or your door. He's still working. We just lose sight of what he's doing. We're focused on what the enemy wants us to be focused on. When really God's saying, look at me. Look at me, I'm still moving. So I want to encourage you, if you're in the middle of hardships, listen, God has something to tell you today. I believe that. We need to be daily making multiple professions of thanksgiving and praise. We need to speak life. Be aware of how much we're glorifying God and how much we're thanking and praising him. So we have for at the end of service, if you feel so inclined, we have these little counters. It is not that your wrist is giant. It is that these are for your finger. <laughs> um, and this is just a visual. You, it's not too hard. You push a button and it goes up by one every time you push it. It is just a counter. And I, I've spoken about this before because it really used to annoy the crap out of me. My mom would wait for the most opportune moment to tell me to count my blessings and it would drive me crazy and but it's very true and the more I you know do the other thing she said which is read your bible I see how much it's in there it's weird it's like she knew what she was telling me to do or something this counter I know you we're friends I know many of you you're gonna lose it almost immediately and that's okay okay I, I love you still um this is just a physical thing to remind you to be aware of your words, to be aware of how many times a day you're thankful. I would encourage you, keep it in your car, keep it at your desk, and count. I think some of you are gonna be shocked that this little thing auto-turns off the whole day and never gets used. This battery's gonna last for forever for some of us if we don't make some changes. But I want you to challenge yourself to be aware be intentional about how you speak, about being thankful, about speaking out thanksgiving. So at the end, these are going to be down here if you want it. But I think in general, there's a pretty serious and dangerous lack of thanksgiving in our culture. And I don't mean culture, the worldly culture. I expect that from them. I mean church culture. I mean Christian culture. There's a lot of us who spend a lot of time with our friends and family who attend church and try and think back how often you heard them say how thankful they are for something or how much God has blessed them or something incredible that God's doing in their life. It's not nearly as much as we need it to be. We tend not to vocalize our thanksgiving and gratitude. And I want to take a, just a quick second and highlight what it looks like when we aren't thankful for what God has done, when we don't give God the glory that he's owed. So Romans 1, 21 through 25. For although they knew God, they knew God, okay? That's the group we're talking about. Although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God or gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory 
of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator. I love that he worked this in here so he didn't fall into their group. Who is forever praised, amen. He's like, I'm not getting caught slipping like that. So I love that part there. That whole verse, that whole progression of events started with a people who are not thankful, with a people who do not give God the glory he is owed. We don't, now, we're not going to focus anymore on what it looks like to be unthankful. And there's a very specific reason. Um, does anyone know how people, you know, because nobody handles money anymore. So there's a very specific way that people are trained to spot counterfeit money. And I realize there's like, no one ever handles money anymore, but it's still a cool process. So how they do it is you would think they study the counterfeit money, but it's not the case. They're aware of it. They see it. They, you know, they're, they're shown it, but they spend their time with the real money, the real tender, holding it, smelling it, bending it, looking at it. How does it tear? How does it feel? How does it fold? Spending time with the weight of it. They want to get to know and have a relationship with the true thing, the real thing. And the reason is because that way, when there's a counterfeit, they, they spot it immediately. They'll know this is not truth. This is not good. This is a counterfeit thing. This is, I know the real thing. I've spent time with it. I've spent hours with it. I know the real. This is not that thing. And I think a lot of us as believers spend a lot of time focusing on the, the bad sides of what we're doing, the, the, the focus a lot of time on the devil and the enemy and what's it look like and where's he move and where's the attack. No, 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 don't worry about that. Focus on God. Focus on being thankful. Understand and develop a relationship with the real thing and you'll be able to spot a counterfeit right away. So just like we need to focus on what's true and what's real, in the same way, when I found out I had breast cancer, I could choose to focus on the fact that this sucks. I do not like this. I did not want this. And there were so many different things I could have focused on. But I felt the Lord tell me to focus on what he was doing. And there is a list that could have gone on and on and on of all the ways that he blessed me. And he allowed us to start walking in a lifestyle of thankfulness. Early detection. We caught it early to where it was stage zero and localized. Having the Holy Spirit supernaturally give me peace and strength to to do these procedures that were of my worst nightmares, honestly. My sweet boys for praying for me and helping me get get well and heal. Adam Crest for having resources with the hospital and getting me into the appointments I needed. Elaine Sellers for giving me someone to stand by through her her personal testimony and using her profession to handpick doctors so that I was well taken care of. The Northwest family for giving us food and care packages and toys for the boys. My friends for checking up on me and telling me that they love me and that they're praying for me. Brilliant doctors who know what they're doing and who were able to use their profession and their skills to glorify God by giving me the the help I needed. Insurance, we got in 
to the right plan at the right time. What an amazing gift that was. We have spent so much money on that insurance side. Oh my word, we kept getting all these bills. It was like one person that just puts out one little tool. They, they get like $600,000. And I'm like, whoa! And that doesn't even get to the actual surgeon. I'm looking at all of these prices. The Lord allowed our insurance to click in when it needed to click in so that when I got diagnosed, that he had our back all throughout it. Mm-hmm. My home, I'm so thankful for my home, a home of solitude and rest, a home that I would be healing, a home that I would have peace and I could be with my family and receive so much blessing from all of you. All of these reasons, and these are just a few of the things that the Lord allowed me to see, I was so thankful for. So what does, what does Thanksgiving do? Like, what are some ways that Thanksgiving helps us? So we made a quick list right here. What does Thanksgiving do? It gives glory to God. It aligns you with God's will. Thanksgiving brings protection against envy. Thanksgiving brings peace. It gives perspective. It positions you for healing and revelation from the Lord. And giving glory to God. In 2 Corinthians, it says, and as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. More people giving God great thanksgiving, God receives that glory. Aligning with God's will. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. There's some people in the room right now going, I just don't know what God has for me in this season. I'm not doing anything because I don't know what he wants me to do. Well, right here we see, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You're wondering what to do? Be thankful. Maybe if you're a more thankful person, doors will open. God will see that and honor that and bless that. Thanksgiving brings protection against envy, that pesky little 10th commandment, do not covet. For those of you who remember the kids' church thing, right? That 10th commandment, uh, you know, the, the scrolling, and you're just constantly looking at everything that you want all the time. Thanksgiving combats that, that thing from rising up inside you of only wanting what you don't have. Speaking of that, one of the things that I decided to do when my whole world shook, I decided to just reevaluate things. And so I got rid of my Instagram. I got rid of my Facebook. I allowed the news to come to me in person instead of scrolling through it. And honestly, it's freeing. I'm not saying I'll never go back, but I'm living my life and I'm happy. So that's one of the things, though. I was like, I am going to eliminate the things that don't really matter right now. And I'm going to focus on my relationship with the Lord, my family, and I'm going to get healing. So with that, the, the envy part, there's so much more entangled when you start to have that envy towards somebody. I believe we can fall into the scarcity mentality. That scarcity mentality after you're looking and you're examining other people's lives, other, other people's possessions, other people's healing, other people's circumstances, and all of a sudden, you feel like you're in lack. Well, if I have a bigger home, a nicer home, that's when I'll have people over, if it looks like that. 
That's when I'll start doing that. Well, when I have more money, then I'll be generous. Well, when I, you insert it, that's when I'll start doing that. That's not how God wants us to work. He says to use what you have now and use it with a thankful heart. I believe that God has called us to live a lifestyle of thanksgiving. So with that, thanksgiving also brings peace. We talked about the verse in Philippians saying, do not be anxious about anything. I've read that verse a lot, and I loved that verse, and I'm like, Lord, give me peace. But when you're actually going through something that is really hard, like some of the procedures they had me go through, it was like some of my most worst nightmares all jammed into one day. And I'm thinking, who ever came up with these procedures? That's when that verse came alive, that peace that surpasses all understanding, the peace that when I'm laying face down and going into an MRI machine and I have a needle going through me and they're telling me, hold your breath a little bit here and don't move here, I wasn't afraid. It didn't grip me. Fear did not grip me because I knew that I had the Father's peace that surpassed my circumstances and my understanding. So there's one thing as I was studying this week and I was thinking about my testimony, the Lord just kind of switched everything around. And I was like, well, that's not what I felt like my testimony was. And so he was telling me how I kept thinking about my boys when I heard about having breast cancer. And I was like, how is this going to affect them? How will this shape them? I don't want them to be gripped with fear. I don't want them to, to view the world now in a way where they're just constantly on edge, but I wanted them to see a mom who could walk into strength, and I wanted them to see a mom who could be brave. I wanted them to have an example of someone who could go through hardship and still glorify God. I wanted that to shape them, not the fear. I wanted the strength and the peace. The thing that the Lord told me is that he was thinking the same thoughts about me. He thought, daughter, I want you to go through this, and I want you to be strong. I want you to be brave. And it made me feel so loved because he reminded me, growing up as a little girl, I hated being alone. I hated the dark. I had fear gripping me every night. I never wanted my own room. I begged my sisters, please let me sleep over. I don't want my own room. That's how I lived. I was afraid of needles. Just one little shot, I would either faint or some, I was going down one way or another and I would warn them. I had fear following me all throughout my life. And at 38 years old, God looked at me and he said, daughter, I'm gonna make you brave. Daughter, I'm gonna make you strong. I'm not done with you. And the thing that I was also reminded of was I remember late at night, I would see Jared and Cole, our middle child that has struggled with asthma. He would have asthmatic attacks and he would be gasping for air. And the doctors would tell us that one of the biggest battles during that attack is to calm the child. And it's hard to calm a child, especially when they can't breathe. And so the thing that they said is that you have to be calm. You have to be peaceful. 
And that that would actually help out the child just to calm themselves and take a breath. And I remember every time Cole would only want Jared, and Cole would be just holding on to Jared, and I would hear his, his labored breathing. And I remember just hearing Jared say, it's okay. You're okay, Cole. Just take a breath. You're safe. It's okay. Daddy has you. I remember in those times, it was very sweet to watch. But something in me was like, I'm in lack. I'm missing that. I don't know it's okay. And the Lord said that me walking through breast cancer, that was my moment with him. Of him saying, it's okay. You're going to be brave. Just breathe. I got you. It was such a sweet revelation. Thanksgiving brings you to the position where you can receive healing and revelation from the Lord. And I believe that, and the Lord displayed that for me. I am so thankful that now, even though I'm in my late 30s, that God has made me a brave mom so that my 12-year-old, my 8-year-old, and my 5-year-old can say, I know what God's strength looks like. I know what his peace looks like. And I believe that that is only going to set them up for their future. That when hardships come, that they are part of this testimony and they have walked through hardships with us. We did not shelter them from it. They prayed with us. They knew what was going on. And they believed that God had my back. Number two. (laughs) Jeez, I feel like a jerk. Number two. Am I on there? Yeah? Okay. So, (laughs) how to be thankful. I'm the information guy now. Cool, cool, cool. (laughs) How to be thankful. What does it look like? What are some daily practices? Uh, Real quick, before I move on, uh, quick praise report. The last time we spoke together, we were praying about Cole's asthma and how we were just believing for the future for healing. And at his last trip to the doc, that was the biggest thing we had going on in our life at the time was asthma. Uh, still a big deal. Then cancer came, right? So that changed perspective a little bit. But then the last time I went to the doctor, the doctor said he's done taking his inhaler. He's off of it. Just keep him on his allergy pills. So thank you for praying. That boy prayed for his healing for years. What does Thanksgiving look like? Looks like watching your words. Looks like looking for opportunities to highlight the good. It looks like giving thanks in faith and speaking it out and practicing it. So watching your words. There's a lot of us, not us, a lot of us are married. A lot of you are single. You know what I mean. Watch your words. Don't say stupid things. For married people, it's a little different. There's a line, there's a little gray area there that we're like, I'm just venting. Um, So you know who you are. You know what I'm talking about. You're like, I just had a bad day. I'm venting. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. Here's the problem with that, okay? We need to be each other's accountability in a loving and kind way. As a spouse, you're absolutely encouraged to speak freely with one another, But we have to be careful to know and be sensitive to when that venting changes into 
complaining and slander and unthankfulness and gossip. Those are all sins listed in the Bible, in case you're wondering. Speak thankfulness and gratitude first, and then make your observations about the situation. Go into it with a thankful heart before you talk about it. Look for opportunities to highlight the good. You need to be looking for things to be thankful for. Be intentional. It will change your perspective about everything. Colossians 4.2 says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. We need to pay attention and be thankful. Give thanks in faith. There's a really cool story that highlights this is when um, Jesus, the story about Jesus feeding the 5,000 with the loaves and the fishes. And if you look at that story in context of all the things going on around it, you'll see that Jesus had just learned that his cousin John was beheaded. He goes from there to teach and heal and minister And then he tells his disciples, I really need a break. I really need to go somewhere. Can we just get in a boat and push off and go out? But no, he looked around and there was a massive crowd following them. And he had compassion on them. So even though he had earned the break, he chose to stop and to teach for hours more. Then he noticed that people were hungry and there wasn't enough. So after he was grieving, exhausted, didn't get the vacation he'd earned, decided to teach longer, and then people were complaining about all of the work he had just done, and they brought him not enough food and asked him to fix it. He took that that food in faith and gave thanks, knowing that God can do infinitely more with what we have. In faith, he spoke out thanksgiving, that's like Hope said, we need, to pray, we need to be thankful for what it is to come. We know that God will 100% meet our needs, whether it looks like what we wanted or not. He's going to meet the need. We have to speak out in faith and then speak it out and practice it. Thanksgiving needs to be something that you do multiple times a day. It needs to be a reflex, an instinct. That's why you train to do things is so that whether you played sports or you're into, you know, um, firearms or you train so that if there is an emergency, if there is something that you understand, it's an instinct. You don't have to think about it. It's like many of us, you'll understand this is putting on your seatbelts. We don't wait until we feel like it's an accidenty kind of day to put our seatbelts on. Okay. It's Florida. That's every day. You put your seatbelt on every single time you get in that car in anticipation that the unexpected might happen. It is a habit. It is a thing you do every day hoping that you never need it, but you're prepared for it. And that is how we are. That's how we're supposed to be with being thankful. Like not thinking, so think about this, not the person around you. Think about you, not your spouse, you. How many times a day do you actually think you speak Thanksgiving. How many times a day do you make a positive affirmation about what God's doing around you, in you, what you see him doing in the future? It's probably not a ton. I hope it is. I I would love to be. I'm wrong a lot. She'll tell you all about it. I would love to be wrong here too. When trouble and hardships come, it isn't too late to start being thankful. It's not at all. But if it isn't already a habit, it's going to be much more difficult to start when everything else is swirling around, 
when everything else is being thrown at you, you need that instinct of thanksgiving. We need to make a decision to live like we're called by Christ to live, a lifestyle of thanksgiving. We cannot wait for the hardships. Proverbs 6.10, speaking of waiting, says, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. Just a little bit of taking it easy. Could you guys please stand? As we come to a close, as we come to a close, I want to speak to the group of people that are here and you are currently going through hardship. You've lost loved ones. You're going through an illness. You're going through a relational tear. And I want to encourage you to join us as we're going through hardship, to join us and live a life of thanksgiving. Don't wait until things get better. Don't wait until you think everything has calmed down. But in the storm, say, God, I am thankful that I can get your peace, your strength. I am thankful that I can show your glory to others. Because here's the thing, people are waiting to see the good in the storm. So if you're thinking, why me? God's saying, because I want to show my glory through you. Let him see his glory. People are not looking over somewhere where it doesn't look like anything's going around. They say, oh, it's like a train wreck. It's for a reason. It's like everyone just stares. Let them stare, not at the wreck, but at the glory. Mm -hmm. The glory mm -hmm. that comes out of that wreck. The glory that is being shown because you're saying God is moving. I didn't get to choose cancer. I didn't get to choose this heartache. But I get to choose to glorify God so you can keep looking because yes. I'm going to keep saying glory to God. Yes. Maybe you're having the best year of your life, and that's fine too, okay? <clears throat> but everything's great for you right now. How many times are you going to click that button? You have nothing to complain about right now, but yet you're still probably not speaking in a thankful way. You're probably still not professing how good God is. So we're going to, I'm going to be totally honest, I don't have enough of these. So, in a second, we're going to ask you guys to come down, whoever wants one to get one. And I, I want to say, it's going to be, it's going to be awkward right? Coming down is a little weird uh, to grab something, but it's going to be more difficult and, and a little stranger to actually live a life like Christ has called you to live. Because when everyone around you, Christian or not, is speaking death, is complaining, we are called to go, hold on. He's still good. Yes. Hold on. I hear you. It's hard. I get it. But God is still good. God is still in charge. You still have this. You still have that. We are called to be peculiar. We are called to be different, to speak thanksgiving. So for those of you who really feel like you want to take the challenge and, and, and make a habit, I encourage you to come down, grab one, step aside so somebody behind you can get one, and then wait here because we're going to pray.
I also want to speak to those who know that you have a lack, where you felt like me in those times of a storm. You knew that you lacked the strength. You knew that you needed to be brave. I believe that God wants to do something special today. I believe that he wants to start healing those areas. Maybe you thought you would be this way forever because this is how it's always been, but it's not going to be how it always is. Because as we thank God for what he's done, what he's doing and what he will do. So even if you're just standing, I want you just to hold your hands out or raise your hand just as a significance that God, I need your healing. Be bold, come on. I need your revelation. I feel like I'm that 10-year-old boy, that 10-year-old girl stuck. Yes. Who's afraid. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't know the peace that surpasses understanding. I need your peace. I struggle with anxiety. My thoughts are going crazy. I need you to calm the storm. I believe that God wants to heal those areas. Just like he started healing me and he made me brave at 38 years old. It's not too late. I don't care if you're in your 50s, your 60s, your 70s, your 80s, your 90s, or if you're 11. It's not too early. It's not too late. I want to encourage you, just be bold right now. If you feel God just pulling on your heart that you need to be broken of something, that you need, you need healing. I just want you to raise your hand up. Raise it up, not proudly, but, but willing to admit that something needs to be fixed. And what I want to encourage you is ever, look around and gather around those people with their hands up. This is a community. It doesn't just require our prayers. It doesn't, it, it's not about that. It's about the community. So those people around you, look around. Who needs prayer? I want you to pray for those people. Everybody gather around somebody who needs, who has their hand up. If it's a couple people with their hands up, you're going to get together and you're going to pray for one another. Come on, it can be guys and girls. We're going to pray together as a community. Look around, be bold. Put a hand on the person next to you if their hand is up. Come on, let's gather around. We're going to do this together. Dear Lord, right now, as we find someone to pray for with us, as we find someone to stand for, we speak healing right now in the name of Jesus. We speak complete healing in the name of Jesus. Father, we are saying that we are no longer going to live like this. We are no longer going to be this way. Healing and restoration in the name of Jesus. Father, as we pray for one another, as we encourage one another, God, we just believe that those things, those chains are just going to be falling off. Father, people are going to feel the freedom that comes with trusting in you, that comes with being thankful. Father, we speak against any kind of generational curse on these families. We speak that it be broken in these people in the name of Jesus. This thing will not be passed down any longer. God, we speak healing and restoration in your name. In your name, Jesus. And I want to encourage you as Pastor Peter closes out, I want to encourage you, keep praying. There's there's groups of people that had multiple hands up. Well, they need prayer too. So pray for one another. This is what community is for, is for praying for, speaking into, encouraging one another. 
Healing comes from this. So I encourage you, continue to pray for one another. Let's not leave here until everyone that's in that group that raised a hand got prayed for. 